Hey everyone, this is your girl E. I am back here with another podcast. Welcome to episode three. Today's title of this podcast is titled At Jesus' Feet. I am going to also be reading from two different books of the New Testament, uh, only because I want you guys to get the gist of the story. If you guys are familiar with, or anyone of you are familiar with um, the New Testament, certain books of um, the New Testament tells the same story either slightly different or a little bit different or some in much more detail than others. So if you ever read like the book of Matthew, John, Luke, etc., some of them have the same story, but some of it is told differently and you understand it different based on the different versions of events, right? So that's why I'm going to be reading two different uh, books, but the same story because I really want you guys to get what it is that I feel like God has put on my heart to to uh, give to you guys uh, in this word. So the first um, book that I'm going to read is going to be from Luke. Uh, the book of Luke chapter 7 verses 36 to 50. Jesus' feet washed with tears. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had hidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, meaning he said within his heart, right? This is what Jesus is revealing saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say with themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Now I'm going to read the book of John. 
Mary anoints the feet of Jesus. Now, in the book of Luke, they did not name her. But in the book of John, they revealed that her name was Mary, right? Remember, we remember the story of Mary Magdalene, the woman who got caught in prostitution. And she got caught with sleeping around, right? So here we go. I'm reading from the book of John, verse chapter 12, verses 1 through 8 or 11-ish. Mary anoints the feet of Jesus. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with them. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of a spikenard, very coarsely, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him? Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and beware what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and there came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because by that reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Now, the last part is not the gist of the story, but the gist of the story that I want to share with you all that I feel like God put it on my heart and share with me is, is, is at the feet of Jesus, right? Here we have the story is not focused on Martha, who was the worker, right? The story was not focused on Lazarus, who did, who Jesus raised from the dead. And it wasn't even focused on Judas or any of his disciples that he had in the house. And the story wasn't even focused around the leper. I know in, in the book of uh, Luke, it says that uh, it was a Pharisee's house, but really it was a house of one of the, the I guess you want to call it a Pharisee, but the the house that they were in right was was a man who had leprosy and back in those days when you had leprosy you either was living in sin or it was probably most likely the sin from your parents right so the story didn't even focus around them the story focused around who Mary Magdalene the least of the ones amongst them out of all of them if we were looking at a household today and we looked at those, if, if they were presented to us, right? If Jesus, his disciples, Mary Magdalene, the leper, the man who had leprosy, and, and Lazarus, right? If we looked at them, right? We would say in our human flesh that Jesus was the highest, right? And then Mary Magdalene, who was the, the known as the prostitute, we would probably label her, right, as the lowest, right? So it's, it's, it's mind-blowing how this story centers around Jesus who is our Lord and Savior and Mary Magdalene 
who was caught in sin and she had probably the most sin out of all of them. Now, I know we say a sin is a sin is a sin and it weighs the same and that's very true. But Mary had a lot of sin. She had a lot of demons because she she slept around physically with a lot of people. And you all already know because I know, you know, my people, you guys are wise and you have wisdom by now. And if you have been listening to my podcast, you know, I've talked over the years about the transferring of spirits. You know, when you have sexual intercourse with people, you know, there's there's a bond, there's a transfer of, of spirits on both parts, you know, and there's certain things that happen in the spiritual realm, especially when you are having sex outside of the will of God, when you're having sex outside of marriage, when you're having sex with other other, you know, people's property, husbands, wives, etc. There's certain things that happen in a darkness in the atmosphere, right? Um, that is detrimental to anyone's spiritual health, right? So a lot of things that was going on with Mary Magdalene, if you remember me from reading verse, um, the book of Luke, how the, one of the disciples has said in his heart, you know, if this was really a prophet, you know, he wouldn't let this woman touch her because or touch him because she's full of sin and she's a sinner and she's a prostitute. Now imagine if you were that person and you were trying to get your life together and you were trying to to make amends meet and you had people bringing up your past, bringing up the things that you used to do, you would probably be very hurt, right? Now, I'm not saying this was Mary Magdalene's case, right? But I'm sure she had feelings. I'm sure she had certain things to deal with. I'm sure, you know, even though they didn't say it to her face probably because Jesus was there. But I think that if Jesus wasn't there, they probably would mock her or probably even kick her out, right? But because Jesus was there, they thought it in their heart. And, and they had these thoughts in their minds. And this is why Jesus spoke to them. And he spoke unto, unto their evil thoughts and their, their evil, wicked, uh, their ways towards her. And Jesus said to them, hey, look, y'all making fun of this woman. But really, to, to whom much has been, been given, much is required. And with Mary, you know, Jesus was saying, um, to whom a person who has sinned the most is loved the most, but those who have sinned the less is loved the less. Because let me tell you something, I don't live life. And I can tell you, the more sin you live in, the more grace of God that you experience, the more of the world that you get into, the more of God's love and grace you're going to need to become whole. So as, as God is healing you, Sometimes those who experience the most sin, you know, hence why you have Saul who was converted into Paul, why he was so zealous for God because he had so much sin. He had done a lot, but he also had experienced a lot from God. And Jesus was trying to tell, you know, his disciples and those who were around them for the wrong reasons. They was, he was saying to them, hey, you're making fun of this woman at my feet. You're making fun of her because of, of her occupation, but you don't know who she is about to become. Jesus was saying to them, you know, after his, his resurrection, he was pretty much trying to tell them, you don't know the life that she's going to live. 
And honestly, Mary Magdalene probably lived a great life after Jesus died. She probably lived a better life than some of the disciples at some points. And she probably lived a better life than some of the Pharisees, you know, and, and the Gentiles because they were so religious, right? But they didn't have a relationship. Here you have Mary Magdalene, who on the outside, she wasn't a religious person. She slept around. She was caught in an in, in, in adulterous affairs. But in this moment, it represented an intimacy that not even Jesus' disciples experienced because there was an, uh, another book of the New Testament. And I don't want to read it, but I'll explain it to you a little bit. There was another part in um, the New Testament that explained this actual uh, occurrence of Mary Magdalene wiping Jesus's feet with with oil and wiping it with her hair, it explained, um, you know, that that Mary Magdalene um, pretty much did the same thing, but it it kind of depicted the picture in a different light. But it it showed more of her vulnerable side that you know we get to see, and 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 it also says in that story that. Um, she had known that Jesus was going to die, right? But Jesus' disciples were not aware because remember, there was a lot of things that Jesus didn't reveal to his disciples. He would speak to them, but because their hearts were so hardened, right? They didn't even knew, they didn't even know that the five loaves of, of fishes and the five loaves of bread were, were even a miracle. And if you go back in the New Testament and, and you read that story, it says that Jesus' disciples' eyes were not open because their hearts were hardened, right? When our hearts are hardened toward God, there are a lot of things that God will do, right? That we will not recognize that are miracles, that are our provisions, that are protection, that, that is grace, right? And it said that. And, and that kind of let me know that here we have Mary Magdalene who... In, in in the book of Luke, it said that she had that ointment for the purpose of Jesus's burial. Now, mind you, even Jesus's disciples weren't preparing Jesus's body, right? They were not keen to this, but Mary Magdalene was. Why? Because I think that their inti- their intimacy between Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ, I think that their intimacy started. Right, and I don't mean this in a sexual way. I mean a spiritual awakening, a cleansing, um, a vulnerability that she had with Jesus that with that she was able to be cleansed. Right, I think that her and Jesus's intimacy started when Mary Magdalene was first caught in her adulterous affairs and her sins, when Jesus had stooped down in the sand and he had wrote in the sand, and to this day we don't know what he wrote. Right. But Mary Magdalene was thrown at Jesus' feet again. She was at Jesus' feet for the first time when Jesus stood down and stooped in the sand and wrote in the sand, right? And, and he had asked her, you know, where are thy accusers? And then he was like, go and sin no more, right? I think that when she had that encounter with Jesus, I think that the power and the anointing of Jesus somehow touched her because there is no way that you can be before Jesus Christ, right? And not feel something 
when you are broken, right? Being broken doesn't mean you're hardened, right? Being broken is a little bit different, right? And in Jesus' disciples' case, because they were hardened, but Mary was broken. So I think that the, the first transaction of, of healing took place when Jesus stooped down in the sand and wrote in the sand. And he told her, go sin no more. I think that the, the transformation for Mary Magdalene's life started at that moment. So here we are. Mary Magdalene is back at Jesus' feet for the second time that we know of, right? And everybody in that place thinks that she doesn't deserve to be wiping his feet. If Jesus knew what type of woman she was, he wouldn't even let her touch his body. But here we have Jesus is saying, she has been healed. She has been clean. She has been loved because she has been been broken and she has been been gutted out from the world. And here we have Mary Magdalene at Jesus' feet, vulnerable, right? She knows what they're saying. She knows what they're thinking. And you have to you have to think besides Martha, right? Besides Martha, you know the story, besides Martha and Mary, right? Mary and Martha were the, probably the only two females in that house. You know what I'm saying? So just imagine you have this type of a background and you have all these men who are around Jesus and they're fellowshipping with him. And here you are at the feet of Jesus being vulnerable, given all that you have, which isn't much. But all you have is your hair on your head and this expensive oil that you're using to anoint Jesus' body, but you have other men around him that are lustful, that are thinking uh, terrible things, you know, that are thinking you're not worthy. Imagine what Mary was going through, but yet, even in the midst of what what they were thinking towards her, because you you know, have you ever walked into a room and you know when someone's been talking about you, you know when someone's you know had you you know at the at the 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 topic of discussion, you know amongst their little groupies, you can tell, you can feel the energy, you can feel the 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 tension, right? Mary Magdalene had to feel that, but what I love about Mary Magdalene and what I love about the intimacy between her and Jesus. Is, is that it didn't matter what they said. It didn't matter what they thought. It didn't matter the, the looks that they were giving her. It didn't matter that, that they did not want her there. They did not want her there, right? She was unwanted. But yet she was in the house of a man who had leprosy. And she was anointing Jesus' feet and she was anointing his body. And she was weeping. A woman who was full of sin, full of demons, full of lust, broken. And, and if I can, and if I can uh, fill in your imagination for a minute, right? If I can fill in my imagination for a minute, right? Think about it. If you're a prostitute, right? And you're out there having sex. Nowadays, we have condoms. We have contraception. We have all these things to to help prevent pregnancy, not 100%, but we have a lot of things that, that does a good job at preventing one if they wish to not get pregnant at the time, right? 
This is Mary Magdalene back when Jesus was, was walking on this earth when he was alive. They didn't have condoms. They didn't have contraception. So guess what? If you could imagine with me here, not only was Mary Magdalene a prostitute, she probably was a woman who had gotten pregnant quite a few times. Because back in those days, unless you timed it really well, it was most likely she probably got pregnant and one or two things could have happened. She either could have had the babies or she could have gotten an abortion. Back then, I'm sure abortion was something that was prevalent. But like I said, take take this road of imagination with me, right? It's not too far-fetched. So just fill in the blanks. This is other types of, of, of sin that may, maybe Mary Magdalene was in. And I'm trying to depict this story because here we have a woman who was the most broken, right? She had the most sins out of all of them, yet she was the most vulnerable out of even Jesus' disciples who had been with Jesus for almost three and a half years. But here you have a, a woman who, who everybody knew what she used to do and probably what she still did because a, another thing that I want to throw at you, right? Uh, another Another imaginative story, right? How did Mary Magdalene get this this expensive oil? Why did the 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 writer of of these patches, passages had to let us know that this oil was so expensive, right? Because may, maybe Mary Magdalene had to do a few things to get this oil because she felt like maybe it was worth it. Right. Just just throwing out imagination here for a minute. It may not have have happened that way. Right. But if it did. Right. This this wouldn't be too far fetched from her background. Here we have a woman full of sin. Yet she was aware of what was going on in Jesus's life outside of the Pharisees, outside of the disciples. Why? Because I think that when we get at Jesus's feet. When, when we allow ourselves to breathe, when we allow ourselves to be so vulnerable with, with Jesus, because God said in his word that, that no one can get through him but by Jesus Christ. If we, if we take who we are and lay it at the feet of Jesus, which would be our altar, if we, if we take the broken pieces of ourselves, if we, if we take everything that we even think that's good about us and we lay it at Jesus' feet and, and we do what First Peter 5 and 7 says, cast your, pair, cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. Mary Magdalene had to cast her cares upon the Lord and she had to cast her cares upon Jesus at his feet because at this very moment when other people thought that she was not qualified. Here she is anointing Jesus's feet. She's anointing his body. And in this moment, I think that there was other things that were going on between her and Jesus. Now, nothing, nothing, prof no, nothing, you know, profanity, no, you know, nothing um, crazy. But I think that there was also another level of intimacy that was happening between Jesus and Mary that no one was aware of. Right. And I think that there was more healing that was that was taking place in her life and and she didn't have much. Right. But she used what she had. And, and I'm here to ask you. 
what is it that you have that you think that is not good enough, is not worthy enough, but that God is telling you that you can use? Don't let no other person tell you that who you are is not good enough for Jesus because because Jesus is not asking us to be perfect. Jesus isn't asking us to be complete. Jesus knows that we can only be complete through him. Jesus knows that we can only be whole through him. You don't got to have it all together. I don't have it all together. There are certain things that I'm still believing for God to heal me in. And I'm at Jesus' feet asking him to heal me. I'm not perfect. And neither do you have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect to be vulnerable. I'm asking you today to give everything that you have and give everything that you don't realize that you have and give it to Jesus. Right? Many people know about her prostitution and her reputation. Other people may know about you and your reputation, right? But don't ever be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of Jesus just because your past and your present isn't aligning up with what people think a Christian should be. Never try to downplay Jesus just because the world tells you, oh, you don't look like you belong in church. You don't look like you belong praying over somebody. You don't look like you uh, belong in, in, in the first three rows of the church pew, right? Don't let nobody ever make you think that you are not worthy to be vulnerable at Jesus' feet. Because here we have Mary Magdalene, who was the least of them, who had the most sins, was the most intimate with Jesus Christ. Mary Magdalene depicts the, the cry out for help. Mary Magdalene is, is, is like what the Mona Lisa picture is in a museum over in Europe, right? The famous picture that everyone grasps over and gasps over. If, if Mary Magdalene can, can, can inspire us and, and can inspire us as women and as, as a nation and as men and as a people, Mary Magdalene will show us and she's showing us that it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. Anybody, as long as you have breath in your life, you have an opportunity to get at Jesus' Jesus' feet, to bow down and to be vulnerable and to be so intimate. And, and God is saying to you today to not be afraid to be intimate and to be vulnerable with him. God is not going to hurt you. He's not going to cast you away. He already knows everything about us. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. So why not allow him in? Why not let him in? Why not let God know, hey, I have this going on. Could you help me with this? There is nothing wrong with that. A lot of us, Sometimes we get so caught up in, in the hurt of the world, in the pain of the world, that, that we look at Jesus and we look at God like they're man. And, and we hold on to the hurt that we remember from, from people. And, and, we, and we have those same walls that we have up with people 
with God. And God is saying today, he's trying to tell you, he's trying to tell his people, he's not like man. He's not, he's not like man. He'll never hurt you. You can take everything you want to God so humbly and, and be so humble before God. And you know what? God will never reject you. He will never reject you. Not at all. Never, ever, ever. It doesn't matter what your occupation is, what your background is, what you're doing. You could be on drugs right now, right? You can be prostituting right now. You, you can be three days after you done got an abortion. You are worthy in and through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, it doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago. When you repent and you ask God to forgive you for your sins, God, said, God says in his words that he doesn't remember your sins as the east is to the west. And, and, and the east and the west never meet up. Meaning, God will never remember your sin. He will never be like man. God is never going to bring up your sin to your face to hurt you. Right? He will never do that. He will cleanse you. And he will make you whole. And he will make you stronger as you're getting older. But the more you keep your secrets, the more you hold on to your sin, the more the more you... You don't want to be vulnerable with God is, is, is the, the, the more that, that Satan can keep you bound. And Mary Magdalene was bound up until they threw her at Jesus' feet the first time when Jesus bent down in the sand and he wrote in the sand. That was the first time that Mary Magdalene was set free from her demons, right? And it was it was sad because... It was sad, but it was also freeing because I think that if this moment never happened, I don't even know if, if Mary Magdalene would have even met Jesus. So you got to thank God for, for your enemies, right? Putting you on blast. You got to thank God for your enemies uh, revealing certain things about you because if they would not have done that, you would not know Jesus as you do today and now. And sometimes it sucks and sometimes it's hard. And sometimes you're like, man, why did I have to go through that? But you know what? When you look back on your life, when Mary Magdalene looked back and, and, and remembered how mean they were to her. Her worst moment in her life when she was exposed not only unto the world, but to Jesus Christ, right? Who was pure, who never sinned. The, the moment that she was exposed was the moment that she was free. That she was set free. See, the devil had a plan for her. And the devil thought that if, if she can be exposed, right, that she would be done with. But the moment that Satan thought that he had her, Jesus wiped her up and said, Satan, she is now my child. And God wants me to tell somebody today, in the midst of whatever it is that you have been hurt from, the, the, the moment that you thought would devastate you would be your moment of freedom. It would be that freedom bell that you can ring and say, you know what? The devil thought that he could break me, but he didn't. My enemies thought that they can break me, but they didn't. 
They thought that they can make fun of me and, and send me into wherever X, Y, and Z. But no. Because Jesus said that he will get the last word and he will get the last say. Because God is in control, not man, not your sin, not your problems, not the drugs, not the alcohol, not the prostitution, not, not, not the, the, the whatever it is in the world that's going on, you know, not the whatever. It does not have the last say, but God has the last say always. God is always final. And if, if you can get anything from this podcast, and my heart is going out to, to those that are hurting and you are filled with pain and you don't know where to turn to and you don't know where to go. And you may be homeless and you may be full of, of junk from the world. But I'm telling you, there is one person that can set you free and his name is Jesus Christ. He is here to set you free today. He is saying You can be vulnerable with me. You can come to my feet and I won't kick you away. You you can wipe my feet with your tears and your hair and and anoint me with oil. And I'm going to love on you. And I'm going to fill your brokenness with love. And I'm going to take those broken pieces. And I'm going to take those ashes and turn it into beauty like Isaiah 61 and 3. He's going to turn your ashes into beauty. What is ashes? Things that are burned up at the altar of God because God says he is done with this thing. He is done with this garbage in your life. He is done with you living in this type of sin. It's ashes. It's burnt up. It's no longer good. It's, it's done with. It's, it's, it's as dust. And what does God does with dust when he blows the wind? It blows away and it scatters and you never see it again. And God is saying to somebody today, if you can just be vulnerable, be vulnerable with God, give him all your broken pieces. Like Mary, Mary's vulnerability allowed her to understand Jesus in a way that his disciples couldn't even fathom in the three years that they, they'd known him because their hearts were hardened. Don't be afraid to allow Jesus to heal your broken places and, and, and pick up your broken pieces because he won't ever make fun of you. And it's intimidating because you're thinking Jesus was perfect. He never made a mistake. But that was why he never made a mistake. So that way we can come to him and and we can rest on him and we can be like first Peter and five and seven. That way we can cast our cares upon him because he does care for us. And not only will your vulnerability help you become more intimate with God. Your vulnerability with God in developing that relationship is going to help your relationship with others. Because some of you are closed out from the world. You have so many walls up. You have so many, so many uh, memories that are plaguing your mind and, and, and you're trapped in fear and you don't even want to get into a relationship because you were hurt so bad. When you start developing this vulnerability uh, with, with Jesus and, and, you, and you, you develop that, that routine of, of 
going to Jesus and getting at his feet and being vulnerable. God will start to heal the places that you never even knew needed healing. God is going to heal some places that you even never knew you hurt. And like I said, if you think that you got to be perfect to, 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 to walk this vulnerability, to walk this path, right? Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil steal, steal these moments that you can have with Jesus. And it doesn't matter. You don't got to have a lot of time. You can have five minutes. You can have 10 minutes. You can have an hour. You can have a day. You can have like a minute to yourself, right? A minute with Jesus is, is, is better than, in, than anything outside of God's will. So I pray that this this episode was a blessing to you. And I pray that this is going to be a blessing to you. That you learn to be vulnerable with Jesus. That you learn to, to let God in so he can heal you. That you learn this, this development of this dynamic of being intimate with Jesus. So he can set you free. Because let me tell you something, saints, the devil is a lie. He is a lie and he is a liar and he is a father of, of all lies. You are worthy. I don't care if you've done so much sin that you feel the weight of the oppressor. You are worthy. And I'm going to close in prayer before, before I close uh, in, in, in this episode. Right? Just, just be open. Just be open. To, to, to Jesus, be open to God, be open to the Holy Spirit. And God want me to tell you, there are some of you that you have been saved a long time, but you have been running for a long time. Some of you got saved decades ago and you are still running from God and you are afraid to let him heal you. I don't know who this is for, but I am praying at the sound of my voice that you just surrender unto Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, that you just turn it over because I know your soul is weary. I know your soul is tired. I know your mind is tired. I know your body is tired from running and from being weary. Father, I thank you for for using me to reach your people. Father, I thank you for, for speaking to me and speaking through me to your people. Father, I am praying that those who are listening to this, this, this podcast, that you anoint them and that you, you fill them with peace and that you help heal the broken pieces and that you pick up the broken pieces of their life that they hand over to you and, and to help them to realize that being at your feet, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is the best thing for them. And I pray that they repent of their sins and, and they ask for your forgiveness because God, you said in your word that, that, that no one can get to God but through Jesus Christ, who's your only begotten son. Father, if they, if they just repent and ask for forgiveness and humble themselves and allow themselves to be picked up by you and and quit believing the lies of satan 
so that that they can be used by you, that they can walk in the call that you have for them. Because, Father, where they are right now, I know you have called them to a greater purpose. I know you have called them to wholeness. I know that you have called them to, to, to peace and happiness and joy. Father, and I pray all these things in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.